Hi out there. I'm Pat Polly, and I'd like to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Each week, we talk to someone from the visual arts or the performing arts, and we also talk about art happenings in our local area. And today, we're talking with Barbara Robertson, Seattle contemporary artist. Barbara has an MFA from UW, and she has received many grants and awards for her long-term work. Uh, She has been included in numerous exhibitions, and she is in collections held by Washington State, King County, City of Seattle, as well as many private collectors. In 2015, Barbara received a gap funding from Artist Trust for her travels to Hangzhou, China, where she was invited to participate in an international print art conference. And Barbara's new solo show, Constructure, opens February 7th at Zinc Contemporary in the Pioneer Square area of Seattle. Welcome to the show, Barbara. Thank you. We're so glad you could come by. And with her also is Laura Zek owner of Zinc Contemporary Gallery in the Pioneer Square area of Seattle. So happy to to be here. Thanks for having us. Great. Glad you could come in. Now, before we get started with the interview, though, I want to talk about a few other events in our area. Now, the big event coming up is the Tacoma Art Museum is opening its new Benaroya Wing such an anticipated event. Now, they already had the members event last weekend, and I was invited. I wasn't able to go. I was so sad, but I guess it was wonderful. And, you know, the glass is from just about every glass artist you've ever heard of and across the span of many years, uh, most of them who trained at Pilchuck. Uh, and it's just a must-see show. Um According to my friends, it is fabulous, and uh, don't miss it. The grand opening for the public is uh, Saturday the 19th of January, and they're going to have a big party, and um, it's 10 to 4 p.m., and of course, it'll be, you know, the show will be on for quite a while after that, too, but you might want to go to the grand opening for the public. And then opening February 8th at Seattle Musical Theater in Magnuson Park is AIDA. Now, if you uh, didn't think you could quite sit through the Seattle Opera version, which was good, (laughs) this is Elton John and Tim Rice's version, which is a bit lighter than the traditional and would be a good introduction to opera for the non-opera fanatic. It's on until February 24th. Um, It's in Magnuson Park, and so it's easy to get to and easy parking. And then at the Paramount, we have another show coming in, and everyone's loving it. It's still on Broadway, as I understand it. It's called Dear Evan Hansen, a musical that is supposed to appeal to millennials. So, you know, not too much appeals to millennials. So if you know any of those, get them there. Anyway, I'm going opening night. I'm very excited. It's a complex plot that's fun to watch unfold. A story of a young man who is kind of a social, you know, not doesn't not very social. 
he has social difficulties. And um, they managed to resolve those after a lot of angst. That's kind of the plot. <laughs> but I understand that it is really a, a fun musical to watch. We'll be back shortly with more on Artbeat Northwest. From new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. Through March 24th, see Dylan Newworth, Omnia. Newworth is a contemporary artist working with light, space, and interactive technologies. The exhibition traces a metaphorical life cycle from the cosmic to the personal, including work in video, performance, sculpture, and neon. The museum's fifth biennial, BAM Biennial 2018, BAM Glass-tastic, will be on view from November 9th through April 14th. This juried exhibition showcases the best work in glass from 48 established and emerging Northwest artists, craftspeople, and designers. For more information, visit BellevueArts.org. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. Barbara Robertson and Laura Zeck are here to talk about the new exhibit, coming to Zinc Contemporary Gallery in the Pioneer Square area of Seattle. And it is called Constructure, and it features contemporary art by Barbara Robertson. Of course, it's opening February 7th, so Barbara is here to talk about it. Barbara, what will we see when we come to see your show? Well, this is a group of new work, all made in 2018, um, and it involves... um, well, it, it's constructions and it's paintings and uh, two animations. One will be projected on the back wall, and the other one I hope to involve visitors in a kind of interactive play using a tiny projection. So my th- idea is that the visitors will be able to walk around the gallery with this tiny projector and show another work of mine wherever they intend to show it, on the ceiling on the corner, on the walls, uh, and it'll relate to all the work that's in the show. Now, as far as your work goes, it's got a lot of textures, and and it's very lively and uh, colorful. And how did you manage to get all of these things kind of look alive? Well, I guess that's the trick of of making the art. You know, you start with something that interests you. Like, I'm very interested in material culture, which means that I'm interested in what things are made out of uh, and lately what things are constructed out of, the new construction versus the old construction and, you know, what underlies a structure that we either see or we inhabit uh, uh, the kind of structures that build our city, that make our city look like it does today. So I'm interested in old materials and new materials. And so, you know, I go around the city photographing things that appeal to me texturally. Usually it's texture. Are you kind of trying to uh, get everything down before it disappears into New <laughs> Seattle? <laughs> well, somewhat. Uh, I'm sure that, that that's one concept behind the show. It's it's not really meant to be a critique of what's going on, the rapid development in Seattle, but I think that that underlies the impetus to make these things. They're all geometric abstractions, um, and we live in a geometric world. Um, and so 
it's it's going on in my mind every day I see new things come up that I think could be better designed or I see old things disappearing that were there two days ago. Um, so I, I think the fluid motion of some of the pieces has to do with the rapid change. Are we changing Seattle too much? Are we not leaving the wonderful things behind that people like to see in big cities like Copenhagen or Paris? Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think people don't come to historic cities to see, you know, blocks of apartment buildings. I think everything is looking the same. I'm not the only person that thinks this. Uh, I think we could have density and still have architecture. You know, we could still have aesthetic interests and have lots of people living in uh, in the same area. So I'm not against density, but um, I am really, really discouraged by lack of design, lack of architectural design. Now, you have a friend from Manhattan that was here mm-hmm. that ha- was, and this was a f- couple years ago, it right? It was at least three or four years ago. We were driving around. She's lived in Manhattan most of her life, uh, although she has visited Seattle many times. And we were driving around, and she said, I can't tell the apartment buildings from the parking garages. <laughs> That's not a positive commentary on the apartment building. Well, you know, personally, I, I spent some time in Croatia, the former Yugoslavia, which was part of the Soviet bloc at one time. And um, anyway, the housing there in, you know, in the uh, cities, what not not where the tourists usually are, but I happen to stay in one of the areas. They have all this housing that looks so much like the apartments that are being built in Seattle and Bellevue. And actually, if you go to all of the outlying towns, they're getting the same treatment everywhere. It's not just the middle of Seattle, although, you know, that's where the most concentration is. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really... Uh, too bad to see this. Now, Barbara, you've been an artist for so many years and been so productive over the years. You should see her art, and you keep reinventing your art in uh, yourself and your art. How do you keep doing that? Well, I think art, for me anyway, art is uh, it's a means of self-discovery. It's a means of relating to the world. So I'm changing all the time. You know, we change every day. My interests change, what I see changes, and I just want to experiment. You know, I'm, I'm really interested to see what will come out next. I don't have a preconceived idea that I'm going to do a thing, and then I go into the studio and do that. There's a, a beginning to the series of work, and I don't know what it's going to be or where it's going to go. And so it's a process of discovery. So you get a lot of your ideas while you're working, it yes. sounds like. Yeah, definitely. The muse visits you and while def- you're working. Definitely. So uh, how did you get interested in art? Well, I grew up in the Ozarks, which is not a place where you see a lot of art or meet a lot of artists. And um, But fortunately, my best friend, when I was about 14 years old, mother was a professional artist, and she was even from Europe. So I was just enchanted with her. She, you know, her intellectual um, interests and her art pursuit. And she had a studio in her house. 
And so I was immediately enchanted. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, someone could actually do this for a life's work. So then how did you follow through with that? Well, she noticed my interest, and she would invite me to come into her studio. And then she later she she was teaching classes at the local art museum, and she invited me to come and, you know, basically help her by cleaning up the studio and just getting supplies. And she encouraged me. And then I started taking art classes in college, and yeah, that was it. That was it, and and you've been producing art over many years, very successfully, and and it's all now, it all is contemporary art, to my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, why did you go with contemporary art rather than more of the? Uh, what they would call realistic. Well, it's just my interests. And, you know, I've studied art. I, I look at a lot of art. I have, I've studied a lot of art history. I work at the Seattle Art Museum uh, wow. in conservation. Um, I'm just interested in what's going on now, what people are thinking, and then, of course, what they're creating that reflects the time we're living in. So who are some of your favorite artists in in the contemporary art world? Well, it changes day to day. It depends on what day you ask me. Oh, okay. Um, there's this African artist named El Anatsui. Uh, we have a piece of his at the museum that's all, it looks like a textile, but it's made of metal. This is, again, my interest in materials. Yeah. It's made out of, like, bottle cap-like materials, discarded metal. It's gorgeous. So he's, I love him. Uh, the painter Mark Bradford from La- Los Angeles. I love his work. Uh, Julie Maritou, she's a New York artist who does gorgeous, fluid, abstract, abstract paintings and drawings. And there are many more. Now, um, we were talking earlier about technology and how it's changing our world. And you had a lot of ideas about how that relates to the constructionist movement back after World War One and what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. Why don't you talk a little bit about that to our listeners? Well, I realized a few years ago that the constructivist movement, early abstract art, was made about 100 years ago. And they're some of my favorite kinds of art that I studied when I was an undergrad. Um, And they had a kind of thinking about the future that's sort of like what we think about. I mean, it was an entirely different time period, but... It was still technology that was really advancing at the time, right? They had a faith, not everyone, of course, this is a generalization, but it seems like they had a faith in technology that, similar to the ones we have now, that we're going to solve our problems technologically. And they had just been through World War I, which was horrifying, uh, this is going to be a new day, and all the technological innovations that were coming along at that time was going to improve humanity. And I think we, we still think that, and it, and it has to some extent. I mean, we have electricity, we have heat, you know, we have cars and trains and, you know, computers and phones and all of those things that have made our life better and richer, but, you know, 
But there's a downside. (laughs) That's the problem. There's There's a downside. There's always a downside. Always a downside. But in general, is your outlook for the future a rosy one? (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) Yes, of course. So now one of these... uh, these people that uh, were constructivists or something, uh, they what they thought was that art and architecture should go along together and design mm-hmm. to not art should not be separated out. Right? Could you address that a little bit more? Um, well, I think they. Again, this is a big realization, but they they realized that design was an important part of how we live our life. You know, it matters what kind of designed environment we live in, um, and that's certainly the case. We've ignored that lesson mostly, I think. But we design, we don't design. We we construct out of expediency. But I think they had a feeling that, you know, everything should be designed with an aesthetic appeal because we're very sensitive to our environment. We're very sensitive to what objects we use every day. So how do you think we could change things so that these people who uh, build the buildings are more influenced by art and design and less influenced by uh, the amount of profit they're making. I think we should hire good architects. And a lot of these buildings, I think, you know, they're not designed by architects. There's one building, and they're just building it over and over and over. That's right, yeah. (laughs) So uh, architects and probably artists and designers, too, to make this more of an environment Mm -hmm. than they're doing instead of just stacks upon stacks of little square mm-hmm. housing units. Yeah, I think you could design it to be efficient and house a lot of people and still have it be somewhere, have a building you wanted to look at or you wanted to live in that would be attractive. I mean, that's really important for a city. I think one of the important parts about this exhibition is the sense of play that Barbara brings to these materials, and I think that she's inviting the viewer to sort of think about participating in the environment that they're living in by sort of putting out this series of different textures, and they're all moving. Nothing in the show is actually constructed into something that, you know, someone could live in, but there is so much potential that is shown through the different parts and pieces moving around. And so you want to sort of empower the individual in thinking about how this could be more interesting and they could have some influence on what's going on. Or is that just kind of a subtle underpinning of what you're showing? It seems like it's a subtle underpinning because... You know, for an artist working in their studio, there's a stepping off point 
and then it becomes what it becomes. So we're kind of talking about architecture and we're talking about textures and we're talking about the environment and how it impacts us. But at the same time, Barbara is an artist and she makes amazing and beautiful things to look at that are part of what makes humanity humanity. Beauty is important. Okay, well, listen, it's already time for a break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about your process in making these very realistic textural paintings. And we'll be back shortly talking more about Barbara's contemporary art on Artbeat Northwest. Support for Artbeat Northwest with Pat Polly comes from Pratt Fine Arts Center, offering year-round classes for youth, teens, and adults. Located in the central area, Pratt is the only facility in the Northwest where absolute beginners and established professional artists work side-by-side, creating art in glass, metal, stone, and wood sculpture, jewelry and metal smithing, painting, drawing, printmaking, and mixed media. Learn more and register for classes at Pratt.org. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. Barbara Robertson and Laura Zek are here to talk about the new exhibit coming to Zinc Contemporary Gallery. And it's called Constructure. And it's featuring contemporary art by Barbara Robertson and opening February 7th. And we were talking about um, Barbara's process, what's she doing right now? I think you are a person who not only has different ideas, but you get into different ways of presenting them. And you were talking about how you have done these uh, textural pieces in a very innovative way. Yes, um, that basically these are drawings with paint and collage elements. And then there's constructions that are made of wood with, with um paper surfaces with imagery of usually textures, wood and stone textures. And the textures are made from photographs that I take in my environment, wherever I am, if I'm here or if I'm in in Japan or Portugal, wherever I travel. Travel a lot, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Try. (laughs) If I see an interesting texture, which I always do, I take a high-resolution photograph of that. And then when I get home, I print it on uh, really thin Japanese paper that's, Ah. you know, I I do a, uh, I have a large format printer and I print images of textures. And then those are cut out and used in the drawings and paintings and constructions uh, to create these objects that look like they're made out of wood or cement or marble. And apparently people come up to these and mm-hmm. they think that they are real wood and marble, and, and they scratch the surface to see, so they're that realistic. Yeah, they're very illusionistic. And, and then, of course, they're made into a composition. So you have several different textures in one picture, and it makes a very lively statement um, and a very interesting, not only shape-wise, but texture-wise. And uh, that's the kind of thing that we all really enjoy seeing and uh, not touching, but wondering if it's (laughs) real. (laughs) Yeah, they're very tempting to touch. So uh, 
you need to, you listeners need to go up and see the exhibit opening February 7th, 7th at the gallery. What's ahead, Laura, for uh, after Barbara? Barbara's exhibition is going to be there, what, like a month and a half? It will be running for one month. And then in March, our next show will be um, Chelsea Wong. She's from Seattle, but currently living in San Francisco. That show will be called Maximalist in Motion. Oh, that sounds interesting. Our current show is um, called Recast, and it is collages and um, works by Lynn Hovis Rothholtz. So Zinc Contemporary, as his name says, very contemporary. If you want to see what is really on the edge of contemporary art, you need to go to this gallery. But we are already running out of time. Thank you so much for coming in to talk with us, uh, both of you, Barbara and Laura. Now, Laura, uh, how can we find out more about your gallery? You can go to zincontemporary.com and see all about our exhibits and the artists that we represent. Great. And Barbara, how do listeners find out about your artwork besides, of course, they know about this one exhibit, but there's more. There's uh, my website is barbarabertsonart.com. Okay, and there are lots. You'll be amazed at the variety of things that Barbara has wonderfully produced. <clears throat> but we are running out of time. Be sure to listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. drive time for Artbeat Northwest for news and views of the Pacific Northwest art scene. I'm your host, Pat Polly, signing off on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great creative week. Thank you. Thank you.